I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we are back on an incredibly busy Friday. Coming to you, as always, live from the Seaport. We're brought to you by Greg Goose. You see part of the squad here. It's a football Friday with so much baseball in the midst of all of it. World Series last night, an absolute thriller. We have the very latest on the Kyrie Irving situation, which is, of course, something unlike anything I can ever recall seeing before. That's setting the table. Huge second hour to come. Let's go. It begins with a critical Game 5. Astros, Phillies, as the two cities went head-to-head last night. Houston and Philadelphia not once, but twice. Bottom of one. Todd Frazier. Phil's already down one nothing. Kyle Schwarber changing that. Yeah, he does what he does best, man. Getting that second pitch of the game. Getting a pitch up off Verlander and says, you know what, Verlander, here we come again. We're coming out hot. Remember, the Phillies had been no hit the night before. Verlander struggles in the World Series. Well documented. Bottom of two. Two outs and the bases loaded. Verlander needed that and one. And now is the Verlander of old. Coming through with that nasty slider at 90 miles an hour. Dusty Baker says, let's go. That was the biggest pitch of the game last night. Stays tied at one, and then here comes Jeremy Pena. Jeremy Pena. We're going to talk about him in a few minutes. And he's turned into a superstar, getting a curveball up. Letting the people know in Houston we still got this. Look at the Philly fans. Look at Pena with the shrug. Astros a 2-1 lead. Bottom, excuse me, top of eight, same score. Jordan Alvarez put the ball in play. Yes, first and third, less than two outs. Find a way to get that run in. Two runs is huge, especially in the outcome of this game. And then Mean Gene Segura coming up here. It would prove to be that way. Astros have a 3-1 lead. There's Segura driving in Nick Castellanos. So it's 3-2 in the bottom of the eighth. And we got ourselves great drama. Two batters later, runners on the corners for Schwarber. How about this play? Yeah, this was unbelievable. Came into the game. Trey Mancini came in as a defensive indifference, doing what he does best. Line drive one hopper. Get down there. Dig your, dig your cleats in there. Made a huge play and took out Yuri Gurriel because he had a little injury, but a monster play in the game there. Phillies were that close to tying it. Astros still 3-2. Speaking of close to tying it, bottom of the ninth, JT Riel Mudo. It's deep. It's far. It's caught. What a play. Any other night, it was a little chilly last night, any other night that ball probably gets out of there. Uh, McCormick with the monster play. Used to go to Philly all the time to watch the games. Now he's making a heroic play for Houston. Timing was impeccable. Go up and get it, big guy. Climbing the wall with a one-run lead in the ninth inning of a critical World Series game. Uh, the enthusiasm, so they're hanging on. After a walk to Bryce Harper, they weren't going to let him beat him. It's up to Castellanos with the go-ahead run at the plate. But that's all she wrote. 3-2 the final. 3-2 the count in the World Series. Astros are just a win away from a championship. And I will note the Game 5 winner in a best-of-seven World Series tied to two has gone on to win two-thirds of the time. Although it is worth noting, three years ago, the Astros were in this exact situation going home, and they lost games 6 and 7 at home against uh, the Nationals. So they will try and reverse that. In the meantime, we talked about, in our first hour, we talked about uh, the performance of Justin Verlander. They desperately 
needed it for Houston last night, and they got it. They also got the big moment from Jeremy Pena, who was becoming a superstar. Yeah, he is. As you see, a gold glover for one in his first year. Only shortstop as a rookie to hit a home run as well. Now, look at this. Watch him get his foot down first. Nice and easy. That slow mechanism. His timing is absolutely impeccable. 95-mile-hour sinker. Doing the little things. Little single here. Get the runner on. Get him over. Get him in. Now, hanging breaking ball. Look at his eyes to the ball. Hands staying inside the ball. Watch that thing go, man. It's a beautiful thing to see. He has hits in every single game he's played in the postseason. And he has nine extra base hits. And then again, a hit and run action. Inside pitch, a little inside out action. Doing what he does best. Three hits. Watch out. I mean, we talk about Carlos Correa. No, we're talking about Jeremy Payne. Yeah, and he fights that one off there. And it's it, sometimes guys are just on everything. You were telling yeah. me in the meeting this morning. Everything they throw, he is just right on top of every pitch he sees. Yeah, and it, it, it's simple. Get your foot down, see the ball, and drive it wherever the pitcher gives you the pitch. And that's what he's been doing. You don't see that too often anymore. And as we're seeing, this man is turning into a monster star. So the way that the, the drama here is the way that the momentum in this series has turned after the five-home run game in Game 3. The Phillies get uh, shut out and no hit in Game 4, and now they lose the heartbreaker last night. But as I mentioned, the Astros have been in this situation uh, just three years ago. Are they going to close it out this time? Yeah, I, I think they are. I mean, we talk about the Phillies. What do they have? to do. Reese Hoskins, Castellanos, mm -hmm. JT Ramuto, 0 for 14 with 7 Ks, and now you got Framber Valdez coming in. The righties have to step up. This guy has been dominant. What are they going to do? I see Framber doing his job. Zach Wheeler, got to step it up. I tell you what, real Muto. <laughs> he was about two feet away from being the hero last night. Again, the Astros take the 3-2 lead. Todd Frazier, outstanding work. So that was one of the two Houston-Philly matchups last night. How about the other? NFL action. It's Jalen Hurts and the unbeaten Eagles visiting the Texans on Thursday night. Give me my football crew. First quarter, just over four minutes in. The Eagles are down 7-0, but Sacho Dallas Goddard's looking to change that. The Eagles were down early. Dallas Goddard got this on the seven route, making a play, but it seemed like one of those Thursday night games. What's going to happen? Yeah, it was a little sluggish for them early. Then Miles Sanders takes it in, so they tie it up at seven. And then in the second quarter, looking to take the lead. And this time, Ninko, it's Kenneth Gainwell who will punch it home. Yeah, Gainwell just running direct run here right up the middle. Touchdown. 14-7 in favor of the Eagles. Now, Texans hanging in there. You mentioned Sacho. Maybe looking a little bit ahead of them where the Eagles. Here comes Damian Pierce gashing the defense. You can't look ahead of Damian Pierce. He will run right through you. He ran for 139 yards. Mm. Rookie out of Florida. This dude is a monster. 5'10", 215. Runs with every bit of it. And three plays later, Sacho, that sets up this. It's Davis Mills. It's Chris Moore. They originally called this incomplete, but was it? This is a touchdown. This is not incomplete. This is a touchdown. There's possession. There's a knee down. The ball does come out late, but that's after the knee is down, and it is a touchdown. That's the way it's ruled. So it's 14 all going into halftime. Now, third quarter, Eagles need a spark from their defense, and Ninko, they get it from C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Yeah, this is it, a turnover here. Then they capitalize on the turnover. This is what they needed. They needed the spark in the second half, and from here on out, they ran away with the game. Yeah, they, they looked like they were in a little bit of mud last night, but that's what really good teams do. They find a way to win, and of course, Sacho, they have A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, this is the connection that the Philadelphia Eagles have been using all season long, and that they will need they want to keep on winning. Yes, they can rely on their run game, but it's A.J. Brown is going to be the difference. And, and he was a huge performer for them last week. Last night it was the Dallas Goddard show as he puts it away. It was. Eight catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard, huge day. Eagles pull away. They win at 29-17. Hey, Jalen Hurts, you're 8-0 uh, and he knows all about that. He's already thrown as many touchdowns from the pocket this season as he did in all of 2021 with far fewer interceptions. Look, quite candidly, you look at the numbers on the screen, this is the story they tell. There is no player in the NFL 
who has made a greater improvement from last year to this than Jalen Hurts. And that, more than anything else, is the reason that right now the Eagles are the best team in the NFC and they are unbeaten. And so I want to go backwards in time here as we talk about this team. And David Pollock, obviously, everyone knows that you primarily cover the college game for us. I remember a time where it genuinely looked like Nick Saban, when Jalen Hurts was his quarterback, was afraid to let him throw the ball in big situations. How in the world did we get from that to a place where Jalen Hurts right now is a legitimate candidate to be the MVP of the NFL? Well, and then he also benched Jalen Hurts for Tua Tungavaloa, and that's kind of mm-hmm. what set, uh, you know, set the fire off and changed the whole landscape of Jalen's career. Listen, this isn't the same Jalen Hurts that you saw in college. That's the biggest thing. Now, here's the one thing about Jalen Hurts that I knew coming out. I 1,000% knew what was inside of his chest. He's a coach's son. He plays mm-hmm. like it. The dude talks like a yep. coach. He's a grown-up. He's made of all these special sauce, all the good stuff that you want a QB, a football player to be made of. The bottom line is he wasn't good enough in the pocket. He wasn't good enough going through his progressions. This offense has been built around him in Philadelphia. It's an absolute thing of beauty. He's matured. He's still got growth he's got to get better at. He's still got to get better with his pocket presence. Last night, a bunch of times trying to outrun stuff instead of step up in the pocket. But this is a different Jalen Hurts than he was in college. And so, R.C., the comparison that I make, the players aren't exactly the same. There are some similarities. But the way we saw the development of Josh Allen, who came into the NFL in Buffalo a few years ago, with some some great talent, some great things he did great, and then many question marks, and has developed himself into being one of the best quarterbacks in the entire NFL. I don't know that Jalen Hurts is necessarily there yet, but it feels like he's heading on that same trajectory. I feel like that development has been similar. What do you see in Jalen Hurts? Well, I think it's almost exactly the same when you look at the year that they ascend and the reason why. You go get Josh Allen, who everyone believed had a load of talent, needed to get some accuracy, needed to understand the game a little more. You go get him Stephon Diggs going into his third year, he becomes an MVP candidate. The Philadelphia Eagles invest in their young quarterback and get him A.J. Brown. He's now become an MVP candidate. But you also also have to think about the work that Jalen Hurts has put in on his own throughout the offseason and continuing to get better. I spoke with Darius Slay. Say every day Jalen Hurts is asking in camp, okay, what did you see from me? What were you guys doing? How did you trick me? What do I need to learn? And also now Nick Sirianni building this offense around the strengths of their quarterback and trying to make their quarterback develop new strengths. I think all of those things are an intelligent way to talk about or to help a quarterback progress. And Jalen Hurts has done an amazing job. The thing that David said that's the most most true is this. We all knew what that dude had inside his heart, and we all knew what he had here, and that he was going to work to reach the top of his potential, and we're seeing that start to happen. So again, I I mentioned last week, uh, Brooke Pryor is a writer at heart, and she gets in here at 6 o'clock in the morning, opens up that laptop, and is just writing. from. So what what is the lead paragraph right now on Jalen Hurts? What what is the primary story on Jalen Hurts right this minute? You know, the the image that I would paint is that he kind of reminds me of of a really nice suit, and you guys know I love a good suit analogy. This is like you buy a suit off the rack, and it looks good, and you've got like all of the right elements are there, but you need to take it to the tailor to get it custom fitted, to, you know, get the shoulders right. Right, get the paint flank right, get the hems. That's Jalen Hurts. Like the the bones have always been there. He was on the rack. He looked really good, but he just needed to be tweaked and get in the exact right position. And that's what happened. He got a great pair of shoes, some red bottoms with it. I mean, all put together, 
he now looks like what you always hoped you would see. And, and you know, Nico, I, I say this about the Bills frequently. First and foremost, give the credit to the players. Josh Allen did the work. Jalen Hurts has done the work. No one could do that for them. But these are organizational successes, yeah, right? Cute. So many young quarterbacks are ruined in the that's NFL. Right. These are organizational successes in the development of these young players. Yeah, and I think RC touched on it a little bit in, in bringing in the right pieces, but also putting the player in the proper position to excel from what their skill set is. And a lot of teams, you've seen it year in and year out, they stick to the same plan depending on what they like to do because they're a certain coach or they're a certain uh, style in offense. But what you're supposed to do is shape your offense or your defense around the personnel that you have. Mm -hmm. And I think the Eagles have done a great job of bringing in different personnel like A.J. Brown and drafting Smith and then also shaping their offensive skill sets around a quarterback that can move in the pocket, that can avoid pressure, and he can also throw the football down the field. So with that, I think the Eagles have done a great job of building this quarterback up and his confidence goes with that. How about a side? And credit the team for believing in Jalen Hurts. Remember last year they had a lot of first-round picks. Even the year before, people were saying, is he the quarterback of the future? Will they use some of those picks and package them and get someone else? Mm -hmm. They didn't. They believe in their quarterback, not just with their top, but with their action. Let's go and get A.J. Brown in, the, in, in a trade. Let's go and get guys on the defense. Everyone on their team that has either they've signed or have traded for, they've all contributed to their success. So they believe in their quarterback. They believe that what was inside here and inside here, and now we're seeing it like that suit all come together. And, and so I have 30 seconds for you, R.C. Is he ready for the next level? Uh, the, the NFC doesn't look like Rodgers is going to be there. We don't know if Brady is going to be there. I mean, some unproven quarterbacks. Do they go in as ready at that position as anybody in the NFC playoffs quickly. You know what? I believe they do, but he also has to do it. I mean, we felt the same way about Lamar Jackson throughout his career. It's about seeing it when it's time, but also Nick Sirianni staying the course and this team running and preparing offensively as they have through these first eight weeks. I believe they're the favorite going into the NFC playoffs, and a lot of it's because of their young quarterback. All right, I'll leave it there for the moment. That was the kickoff. Got to build up more emotional reserves, Greeny. Then they'll be there. More emotional reserves. Keeps coming back. It's revenue. It's well done. No no one loves a theme more (laughs) than David Pollack does. Anyway, let me leave that there for the moment. We have much more football. We're going to pick all the rest of the big games. But yesterday, in addition to all of this, was was a day sort of unlike any I can ever remember in sports. And uh, it all surrounded Kyrie Irving. So I want to take you through the day chronologically. In sum total, what it resulted in is that Irving is not going to play for the Nets for at least their next five games. Here's how they got there. Wednesday evening, Irving and the Nets both pledged $500,000 to anti-hate groups in response to the Nets guard promoting a book and a film that contain anti-Semitic rhetoric on his social media. In response to that pledge, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver yesterday expressed his disappointment that Irving did not offer an apology. After that, almost moments after that, Irving spoke to the media in Brooklyn, spent about six minutes answering questions. This was after he was not made available after the Nets' loss on Wednesday night. And notably, during those six minutes, he did not offer an apology. Are you sorry for the hurt that your post caused people? I take my responsibility for posting that. Some things that were questionable in there, untrue. Like I said, in the first time you guys asked me when I was sitting on that stage, I don't believe everything that everybody posts. It's a documentary. So I take my responsibility. It seems like Adam Silver wanted to hear the word, I apologize, or in your mind, you said I didn't mean to cause any harm. Were you apologizing or you not apologizing? I didn't mean to cause any harm. I'm not the one that made the documentary. 
So I think in most people's opinion, that made the situation worse. Uh, and it certainly was not good enough for the Nets, who later in the afternoon suspended him at least five games because he failed to unequivocally say he has no anti-Semitic beliefs. A few hours after that, Kyrie Irving responded with an apology on Instagram. It's a fairly lengthy post, but in it he does say to all Jewish families and communities that are hurt and affected from my post, I'm deeply sorry to have caused you pain, and I apologize. So, again, there's so much there to try and sort out, and the man who can do that, who knows more about the inner workings of the NBA than literally anyone, is our Adrian Wojnarowski. So, Woj, let's start with why it took as long to get where we got yesterday with the suspension as it did. Hey, Greeny, essentially, it took until yesterday, almost really a full week from when Kyrie Irving first posted that movie to his social media, because the Nets owner, Joe Tsai, pushed back on the idea from, I think, within his own management group, within the league office, that he should immediately punish Kyrie Irving. And instead, he wanted to go down a road of trying to educate Kyrie Irving about why that material was so harmful in the documentary and about how and about how Kyrie Irving sharing it to the public, the impact that has on the Jewish community and certainly the, the, the NBA community at large. And he tried to he did work with the American Defamation League. Joe Tsai did uh, to try to uh, see if they could make this a, a teaching moment, not just for Kyrie Irving, but beyond that. And I think there were a lot of people around Joe Tsai who, who just didn't believe that Kyrie Irving deserved necessarily the benefit of the doubt, especially after Saturday night when he had a chance after the Nets game to repudiate what was on his platform, what he had shared. And not only did he not do that, did not apologize, you know, he essentially uh, doubled down on it. And that led here through the week to Joe Tsai, I think really going it fairly alone and trying to get Kyrie Irving uh, to understand, issue a full-throated apology. It never happened. Adam Silver was not going to wait anymore for Kyrie Irving to do that for the Nets and Joe Tsai to handle this. He issued a strongly worded statement yesterday. Kyrie Irving came out, had a second chance in public uh, to repudiate uh, the, the, what was in that film to say unequivocally, I am not anti-Semitic. He couldn't say it, didn't say it. That's when the Nets went to the five-game suspension. And then you saw Kyrie Irving finally, late last night, issue an apology that I think uh, might have staved off a suspension if he had done it at any point mm -hmm. in the previous six, seven days. So uh, one of the things that it says in the suspension, in, in the, the Nets release, is that it is a, a suspension of at least five games. I, I forget the wording they use specifically, a minimum of five games. So what should we expect to happen now? Should, should we assume that with his having issued the apology last night, that he will now be suspended five games and then return? What, what is your expectation for what happens now? Well, th there are steps that Kyrie Irving is going to have to take with the organization, uh, perhaps with the league, that I think they had hoped he would have done last week. He didn't. And I think, though, the, the apology last night, as late as it was, is probably as, uh, in a way that fell short with a lot of people, I think may have been a signal from Kyrie Irving that he does want to, to come back from this. He does want to play again. Uh, this is a suspension without pay, and this is about $250,000 plus per game that he loses. He could appeal this 
with the league. You saw the wording in the net statement, contract uh, uh, conduct detrimental to the team. And so I think for Kyrie Irving and the Nets, I think their future together is very uncertain. This is a 2-6 and six team that's headed out on a road trip uh, without Ben Simmons initially, no Kyrie Irving. Who knows what their record might be and where they are as an organization and going forward with the Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant era when he might be able to come back from this. But I still think there's a lot of work and a lot of mending for Kyrie Irving to do uh, before we really can take seriously the idea of him back in a Nets uniform. And quickly, in the, in the moment that I have left here, all this, and at the same time, the Nets are on the verge of hiring a new coach. W- where does all of that stand? Ime Udoka, who you've been talking about, now stepping into this situation here with all of the baggage that comes with him from Boston. Where do we stand with all of that? Greeny, I think uh, that process, all of this was stalled the last few days in dealing with this Kyrie Irving situation. Mm-hmm. And I think now today, with Kyrie Irving suspended, I think the Nets can turn their attention back uh, to making a final decision here uh, on Ime Adoka, their next coach. Uh, but Jacques Vaughn, he'll coach the Nets tonight in Washington. It's, it's hard for me to remember a team that faced this level of dysfunction in any sport. In all the years that I've been doing this, we'll see where it goes. Obviously, Woj is with us all day long. If there are any further developments, we will certainly let you know. In the meantime, we get back to the NFL as we continue next. Talk about a battle of stars. Tom Brady facing Aaron Donald Sunday in Tampa. Why keeping Brady clean is the key to a Bucks win. We'll talk about it. Plus, another star quarterback in need of a win. Aaron Rodgers, they've lost four straight in Green Bay. He has some reasons for that. We'll tell why the time for talk is over now as we roll on. It's Get Up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Back on Get Up, wake up call, courtesy of Astro center fielder Chaz McCormick. Hit it. One and one the count. And the next pitch swung on and hit in the air to right center. This ball's tagged pretty well. 
And back at the wall, jumping and making the catch is Chaz McCormick. Up into the scoreboard in right center. And the kid from Westchester, Pennsylvania, just broke the hearts of tons of Philly fans with an extraordinary play. Great call from our Dan Schulman on ESPN Radio. Astros are the 10th team since 1980 to head home with a 3-2 lead in the World Series. Seven of the previous nine went on to win. Bad news, they were the last team not to. They dropped this uh, advantage against the Nationals back in 2019. All right, as we continue, each week Jalen Hurts and the Eagles show why they are the best in the NFC. Which team is the biggest threat to their superiority? We will tell you next as we get up with you on ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Uh, yeah. These Thursday night games are, are always tough. You know, we have a standard of play. We want to play to that at all times. Job is still not done. I truly think the only direction is to rise. To come home and get a win in this city is special. So last night, the Eagles fly to an 8-0 start. Not surprisingly, they're the favorites to win the NFC at Caesars Sportsbook. As you see, despite being 4-4, San Francisco, the next shortest odds, followed by Dallas and Minnesota. The 49ers, of course, made the huge acquisition of Christian McCaffrey. Minnesota trading for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, The Eagles and Cowboys making defensive additions. And then you see some more further down the line. So the question I wanted to ask the group here, um, and uh, I will start with Ryan Clark, I will start with you. If, the, if we assume that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC, they certainly deserve that uh, to be considered that way. Who is the biggest threat to them to come out of the NFC in the Super Bowl? San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I was supposed to wait. See, this is what happens when you read when you read the email, Greeny, and you have yeah. the outline. You already know what's coming on. I think the I think the San Francisco 49ers are the biggest threat to them. And I know there's going to be a team that plays with the star on their helmet, and they're going to feel some sort of way about this. And I believe they're on the same tier. But look at the way the San Francisco 49ers are put together. This is a team that can rush with four, but D'Amico Ryans understands when to bring slot pressure, when to bring the linebacker. It's a team that can run the football. They're versatile offensively, and now 
adding Christian McCaffrey and kind of the versatility of having positionless football as it comes to tips and tendencies of the way you line up with personnel and also the formations. I think it's going to be so difficult to stop this team. They are uniquely built, in my opinion, to challenge the Philadelphia Eagles and anyone else in the NFC. I think that team has now made Jimmy Garoppolo's deficiencies vanish a little bit, and we know what they can do at other positions. I can see that being an NFC championship for the ages as we watch the Philadelphia Eagles play the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I kind of like that one, too. If I seem to stumble at the beginning as asking the question, it's because I was supposed to go to Brooke first, but I assume this has to be a mistake. If I ask you which team is the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC, what is your answer? Uh, I'm going to put on my liberal arts degree here, and I'm going to get philosophical, and I'm going to say it's themselves. Uh, And, you know, Philly, they love the Batman stuff, and so I'm going to use a Batman comparison here. Batman has to defeat a lot of villains, but correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's a pretty tortured soul. He's got some internal struggles that he has to deal with, and so Philly here, they are a really good team. They are undefeated, but the pressure is going to keep mounting for them to stay undefeated, for them to live up to the expectations that they've set for themselves. So the biggest threat to them is themselves Mm. because you can't beat yourself. We saw what happened in the first half. I know it's a Thursday night. I know crazy things happen, but look, teams are going to be coming for them. The target gets bigger and bigger. Philly has to take care of themselves. That's a very meta answer to that question. Wow. The, the biggest fear we have is fear itself. And the biggest, the, the biggest enemy the Eagles have are the Eagles themselves. I like it. I assume this was a mistake. That's why I almost no, didn't ask the right. question. Okay, I like it. Sancho, I'm coming to you. Who's the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC? I'm going to go Cowboys. And a couple reasons why. So yesterday I was thinking about this. And I, went, I was saying San Fran. And San Fran made sense, right? They have the weapons on defense. Christian McCaffrey. Debo Samuel was going to get healthy. But I still think they're limited at quarterback. I still think that Christian McCaffrey was a better quarterback than Jimmy G last week. And just, I mean, that's what I think. And so, and so then I go to, okay, I get it. The Cowboys offensively haven't been what they've been all season, but Dak is getting healthy, number one. So you know their offense is potent. But number two, the Cowboys defense, they're a top defense, top three right now, and they're getting better. So I think they're uniquely suited to have the offensive firepower to keep up with the Eagles. And that's, that's kind of what I'm I like saying. it. So I got three different helmets on my screen. How about you, Ninko? I'm going with Wolacho, where he's at with the Cowboys. And I'm not going to get crazy here and talk about Batman and Mr. Freeze and all that <laughs> stuff. But I'm, the Cowboys right now, you, you look at this team, you have a quarterback coming back from an injury. He looked like he's gaining confidence. He's going to be three weeks out coming back from this injury that he had in his hand. And then you look at their running game. Can they continue to run the football? Can they do what they did when they had their quarterback injured and Rush was in? And can their defense continue to be one of those game-changing type defenses. If they can do that, they they pose a threat to the Eagles. RC, why do you make that face? Wake up. You sleeping? I think we may have lost RC. Oh, that may be why he made that face. I think Brooke blew his mind. But no, no, he's, no, he's, he's there. Is He's back. Greeny, can I ask happened. a question? Yeah. What's the biggest threat to Greeny? What's what's the biggest threat? Well, no, it's my head and my heart. I, my head thinks San Francisco is the right answer. My heart says, how about them Cowboys? So we'll see what happens. You know what my biggest threat was? Hot yoga yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> I tried hot yoga. It was insanely hard. Nico I had to tap out. Mental battle, though. No, I had to leave. I had to uh, leave the room. Yourself. All right, I'm told, I'm told that we do have RC back. So let me go, go to my next game, which is called More or Less. And RC, I will start with you as we look at Head to this weekend. Big matchup. Uh, RC, more or less, 247 and a half passing yards for Aaron Rodgers against Detroit. 
You know, I answered this question last night, and it was like 3 a.m., and I believe I went with less. Um, I can't really remember, but now I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking less because this is the team that's going to need to run the football. This is the team that's going to have to understand in order to beat the Detroit Lions, you're going to have to keep them off the field a little bit because they can score. You run the football with Aaron Jones, you supplement it with A.J. Dillon, and then you use Aaron Rodgers to make plays in the red zone. Nick, next, more or less, one and a half touchdown passes for Tua against the Bears. Oh, my Bears fans are not going to like this more. I'm saying more. Look, the weapons that they have, Tua is playing at a high level right now. We have some people talking about uh, the, the Dolphins going to the Super Bowl, which is insane, but more. We'll go more here. It's not insane, it's but I understand insane. the concept. Brooke, more insane. or less, 42 and a half total points in the game between the Rams and the Bucks. Look, maybe I'm insane, but I'm saying more because, look, I, I look at Tom Brady. He's coming off a mini-buy. Do I think that that solves everything? No, but I think that they do have a lot of pieces that just need to click into place. Maybe now that some of the things that felt like you know, they were really weighing on him at the beginning of the season, maybe you can put that in the past and he can click together. And then on the other side, the Bucks defense has not been great. I know the Rams have not been lighting it up by any means, but maybe this is the game that we see, you know, not, not necessarily an NFC uh, championship preview, but eh, maybe they'll put some points up there. Maybe it's a get-right game for Brady and the Bucks off the mini buy. Yesterday he addressed the state of his 3 and 5 team and what can be done to reverse its fortune. Here's what he said. 8 games whatever, you could be 7 and 1 and be one game out. You know, you could be the record we're at, but the reality is that 3 and 5 there's a reason why we're 3 and 5. You got to fix the reasons why you're 3 and 5. It's one game, but it's not like we have a huge margin of error when we take the field. We don't. So we got to make the plays that are winning plays. And there's winning plays and there's losing plays. There's winning football, there's losing football. And we just haven't got over the, you know, we haven't been on the right side of winning very much this year. No, they've been playing losing football. But here's my take on this game and on this season. As they come off of a mini-buy, and to Brady's point, the division never ran away from them and doesn't figure to. So they get a break on that front. RC, too many things I'm seeing in Tampa Bay just don't make sense to me. That defense being terrible doesn't make sense to me. Brady and Mike Evans not being Mm -hmm. on the same page doesn't make sense to me. If this team gets its head out of its collective behind, I think they have a chance to put together a really big second (laughs) half here, and it starts this Sunday against the Rams. Am I out of my mind to say the Buccaneers could still make something of this season? Greeny, here's the one thing I don't want. I don't want my head in a collective behind, right? Because that is to say, I don't really want it in mine, but I absolutely, absolutely don't want it in, like, other people's. That's just my thought of, of a locker room chemistry and camaraderie. But also, when you think about this team, that's actually a good thing, right, Greeny? Like, if I, if I come on, get up. Right, and, and you don't know the setups or you don't know the bumps. I'm going to be like, that's all right. The next segment is going to be great because I've seen Greeny do this before. I expect Greeny to be able to do that well. When you're looking at Tampa Bay, you're looking at things that we know are anomalies. This defense not being able to stop the run is not what this team has been under Todd Bowles, so you expect that you could find some sort of solution. Mike Evans and Tom Brady not being on the same page is something that we've never seen before in the three years of Tom Brady there, so you expect 
expect that they can, that, that can be fixed. Now, what makes you nervous is this team not being able to have a run game and then not having a run game, not being able to protect Tom Brady. It is those solutions that they need to find to win because you think that other things could come along. But you're absolutely right. This division hasn't run away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and as long as they can win some games, I don't believe it ever runs away from them, and that's why I'm betting on Tom Brady. I'm betting on this Tampa Bay defense to figure it out and for them to get on the run as the season goes along and find a way to win the NFC South. So, Brooke wasn't in. Let's put the picks up on the screen, Cindy, because Brooke wasn't in when we did this game a little earlier this morning, and you were the one person riding with the Rams. Why? Why do you like the Rams Sunday against Tampa Bay? Well, either I missed something that everybody else knows, or I've got a secret here. And, you know, one thing that RC mentions, all of these things are an anomaly, but can they be an anomaly after eight games, or is that a pattern and a troubling trend? I also look at Aaron Donald and the fact that he's only had one multi-sat game this year, but I think for Tom Brady and this offensive line this week, it's going to be like whack trying to keep Aaron Donald down because he doesn't just line up in one place and the sack that he had against Tom Brady in the playoffs came from the edge so he's not going to be in one place every single time and this offensive line has enough weak spots that you can move him around and you can really exploit some matchups it's going to be a long day for Tom Brady. I do like that. Sacho, let's talk about Aaron Donald against the, the problem that the Bucks have had has been the interior of their offensive line, which is the worst possible place when your quarterback isn't especially mobile. How dangerous is that for Brady this Sunday? What do they need to do? Well, they need to change up their game plan. They absolutely need to run the ball more. This team is dead last in rush attempts and rush yards. You know what Aaron Donald loves? To rush the passer. So if you're running the football, you keep him off balance. But number two, you also are going to put two and three guys on him. That's the game plan. That's always been the game plan for when any team, not just this team, but any team plays Aaron Donald. And so he has four sacks on the year, hadn't had a sack in the last two games. Of course, I think he'll get pressure. I don't think that Aaron Donald will be all over Tom Brady. I think they've used this mini-buy to, to get a game plan to slow down A.D. Minko. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they can go on a run here. I'm not going to give R.C. the satisfaction in giving a pep talk right now because he laughed me out of, out of the building in the first hour. But I would say this. I would say this, that they have to take this one game at a time. One game at a time. Okay? You're doing you got to dig deep. You got to dig deep and take it one game at a time. Nobody else is going to come in the locker room. Nobody else is going to walk in that door. Nobody else is going to come and help this team. They have to focus on each other. They have to look at each other in the eye and say, what will you do for me? What will you do for us? What will I do? for you, and we will all go out here, and we will win football games. So, anyway, I'm getting, I'm getting hyped up. But anyway, RC's laughing at me again. He's laughing at me again. But I would say this. I will bring you back to a game that we were in Miami. We were losing. A funny story. A story time with Ninko. We're in Miami. We're losing at halftime. Tom Brady does a pep talk. Was it like that? It was, it was similar to that. And then afterwards, he brings us all together. He says, our best on three. And we all looked at each other. We went, we went, our best? He got mad. He got mad. He went, our best. And we went, our best. And we left. And Did y'all win the game? No, I think we lost. Uh, okay. Let the record show. The most hype thing I could think of doing was ripping a piece of paper. And it was a struggle. You were struggling with the paper. Greedy was like the strongest and paper it ever. didn't go. Okay. okay. Anyway, I like Tampa this weekend, too. Move on. Let's take a break. As we continue, you'd be forgiven if you think Patrick Mahomes is Superman. But... The Chiefs quarterback has some kryptonite ahead of him this weekend. We'll tell you what that is and why he needs to worry about it after we see how Ninko handles this from Sneaky Hembo. Who is the only quarterback to win a game as a double-digit underdog in the NFL this season? That's the question. The answer is coming up next. It's Get Up on ESPN. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, we are back, and here we go, Ninkovich. Uh, we got a double-digit spread, KC, Tennessee. Who is the only quarterback to win a game this year as a double-digit underdog? Can I see? No, I'm kidding. Uh, You're going to kick yourself. Bailey Zappi. I told you it wasn't Bailey Zappi. You said no, but that was reverse psychology. You were saying... The answer is P.J. Walker. I didn't even know. Carolina beat Tampa Bay with a, the, the biggest upset of the entire NFL season. P.J. Walker beat I Tom the, Brady. The, it's the, the, they, they, no, they, they fired their coach. And, I could, and this they is were all a huge left. underdog, and they won the and game. And I don't even remember, honestly. That was the it's, question. Well, that's I, your I, problem. I, all I, right. I In the meantime, that's what happened last week. Let's do a Friday forecast looking ahead to the weekend. Brooke Pryor, go. Uh, I think it's going to be stormy with a chance of tablet throws because I know all you guys think the Bucks are going to have a comeback game. But, look, I'm looking at Aaron Donald. I think that he's going to get after Tom Brady. I think Tom's going to get kind of frustrated. I don't care that he had the mini-buy to kind of, to kind of you know, relax and, and get right. I, I think that he's going to get upset. I think he's going to be throwing some tablets. RC, give me a forecast. P.J. Walker and the Carolina Panthers are going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. This team was right on the cusp right before D.J. Moore takes off his helmet and they miss field goals to win the game. They miss field goals in overtime. I think this team is on the rise. They're playing hard defensively for their interim coach, Steve Wilkes, and they find a way to pull out of the win against a team without Jamar Chase that can't protect Joe Burrow. I like that one a lot. Ninko, give me a forecast. I'm going King Henry blows by the Royal Chiefs. And Vrabel, after this game, is going to have his arm around the offensive line. They're all going to be crying. And they're all going to be excited because they're going to run the football. They're going to, they're going to be aggressive <laughs> from start to so finish. emotional and, today? <laughs> this is my little paper. I like that. I like this pick again. They're the double-digit underdog we were talking about. Sancho, give me one. The fog clears for Green Bay as they go into Detroit. I know it's usually cloudy in Detroit. Right? Well, here's the thing. They're playing the – Worst ranked defense in the NFL. Defense that just fired their defensive backs coach. Now I get it. Aaron Rodgers, four-game losing streak. They've struggled. They will find a way to get a win. Maybe not a long-term win, but a win in this game. Fog will clear. All right, I like it. The fog will clear in Detroit. RC hates the weather puns, by the way, don't you? There's, there's nothing RC hates more than when we ask him for a forecast. He doesn't want to do, right? You don't want to do the weather puns. But do you believe, and not just because they play in a dome in Detroit, but that they that, that Aaron Rodgers will see through the fog that has been all around his team this year and start turning it around in a reasonable way, a meaningful way, this Sunday against the Lions. 
Well, I'll tell you what, man. If there's fog inside of the stadium when he plays the Lions, then we got way more to worry about than whether or not the Packers can fix their pass game. Um, yeah. I do believe that they find a way to win this game, but I don't think that this is a game that fixes all of your woes. This isn't a top-notch defense. This isn't a team that is reeling off wins in Detroit. This is a game to understand about building your identity, understand how you pick up from what you were the second half against the Buffalo Bills which actually got you back in the game. And that was Aaron Jones running the football, finding Dobbs in the end zone, giving him opportunities to make plays, and defensively turning the ball over as you did last year on your way to 13-4. and four. This is something to get yourself right, but it doesn't fix the Green Bay Packers. It's part of the progression to them not being as god-awful as they yeah. have been the last four weeks. And, and further, I mean, the Lions, and look, we all give them credit for scrapping and all the rest of that, and their offense is fun. They just traded away one of their best players within the division. I mean, take me inside. If you're a player on that team and you just traded, you guys just traded TJ Hawkinson to Minnesota, that can't feel good. They're one in six. At this point right now, they're, they're trying to figure out how do we, how do we manage to, to build this roster out to where more talented, they get more draft picks. But the, the Packers have to win this game. Yeah. They, they have to win this game. If they don't win this game, like I said two weeks ago, it's over. It's already over. So I'm still picking the Packers, by the way, but they have to win this game. If they lose this game, let's put the pecs up on the screen as we finish it up with this here, um, then everything spirals completely oh, out of control, right, Sam? It's, it's one thing not to be able to make a run all the way to the playoff. If, they, if you're not going to beat the one and six Lions, then we have even bigger problems than maybe we thought. Much bigger problems, especially the, the way this game is set up. This game is supposed to be a get-right game, and that's what it should be. But And hopefully it is, but it may not be. You might find a way to squeak out a win, but if you don't get right against a team that's 1-6, that's looking for people to fire, that has DBs lining up offsides at the goal line, like then you've got way, way bigger issues than just your record. What were you just whispering I, to me? The dangerous? Get, the the get-right games sometimes are dangerous yeah. because the other team, they, they're like, yeah, okay, you're going to get right on us? Uh-uh-uh. We've been closer. We've been close in some of these matchups. Yeah. We've been putting a lot of points on the board. Let's see if your defense can stop anybody because you haven't. You haven't. Prior. We literally already saw a get-right game go sideways when, when the Bucks and Tom Brady went into the I was wrong. Panthers. Yeah, I was like, just wrong on my question, Exactly. Hembo. I mean, you're, you're right. The, the get-right game idea, <laughs> while it sounds great, it's kind of dead this season. That's right. That was two weeks ago. And P.J. Walker. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a game that hey, got obviously no attention whatsoever, I but it even, was a pretty big win. Just don't even talk about it. All right. Our season is ready to first take. You're the best, my man. Thank you. We have so much more to come, including See best yo. of the week here. And then first take follows us. And now that the Nets have suspended Kyrie Irving for at least five games, what does his future look like in Brooklyn? What does this mean for Kevin Durant, Stephen A., Kendrick Perkins, Molly, and more? Talking about that and more. First take, top of the hour here on ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We'll be back here tonight for a good NBA Friday night doubleheader. Jason Tatum and the Celtics taking on DeMar and the Bulls, 730 Eastern, followed by Giannis and the unbeaten Bucks taking on Minnesota. We'll start your night with NBA Countdown, 7 Eastern here on ESPN and the ESPN app. Meanwhile, best of the week.
We are getting this thing going, y'all. We got angry ducks, we got angry frogs, we got animals revolting <laughs> all over the country. We can throw it, we can run it, we can catch it. Hey, we got something here. Yeah, we're all hopped up on the Halloween candy. It's like Christmas morning, man. It doesn't make sense. We are riding high. Look how big I am. You can't go on a slide in shorts. So Daniel apologize on me. These damn questions aren't that hard. If anyone would understand the benefit of knowing what pitch is coming, it's the Houston Astros. Bart doesn't look ready to agree with anyone on anything. Quit trying to try or drag my hairstyle. This is the best dressed pancakes we've ever had. Look like my little son. Jack crap. Jimmy G finna open his dating pool all the way up. He finna open it up, Greeny. Finna. finna. Like from Louisiana, it's not finna. He finna open it up, Greeny. Nothing could be finna. Happy Halloween. This uh, is Laura Valentine no. Sylvan who does our makeup. <laughs> she is Greeny today. And frankly, she's way better at it yeah, than I am. Way better. Why can't the boy ghosts have babies? Because he has a Halloweenie. <laughs> I love it. Oh, oh, baby. One of the greenies found that funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that uh, joke notwithstanding, it has been a delightful week, and we thank you for getting up with us. And we'll finish it where it started. The Eagles are 8 No, You look at the remaining schedule. They're favored to win every game except for the Dallas game, and that one's close. Come on. Who here thinks they're going 17-0? Are the Eagles going 17-0? Come on, Sacho. 17-0. No, no. Uh, Do I have two, a body over five. here? No. No, I can't, I can't get I'm not anybody, putting that out no. there. I'm not putting it in the atmosphere. I'm not putting that juju on them. Nope. You're telling me they shouldn't want to be 17 and 0? Just no. win. Just, no, I'm, not, I'm not putting One it, I'm not putting it in the atmosphere. I'm not doing it. To go to the playoffs, to the overcome gotta, adversity, yes. win a shit. Listen, a shit. like most geniuses, I will not be fully appreciated until long after my time. <laughs> Every, every year someone wins the Super Bowl. Perfection is unique. They should go for it. See you Monday. First take starts now.